0: Now I took the funeral of, um, uh, of a man a few years ago and when I was talking to his wife, his widow, just before the funeral um, it was good really because she said she'd been looking through stuff from her childhood and she'd looked at the Bible I think and she'd come up with the Ten Commandments and she said, I agree with the Ten Commandments. She looked at them. But I know she's someone, I'm not sure if she really actually followed Jesus. I, I suspect she didn't. I don't know, I might have got her wrong because she didn't go to church or anything. And uh, I think she was slightly surprised she agreed with them. But I I could have said to her, I didn't because it was sensitive at that time. I could have said to her, what about the first five commandments then? Because I meant, do you agree with the first five? Because those five commandments are summarised by Moses into this command this morning. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your strength, it says in Deuteronomy. And... Jesus says all the other commandments follow on from that one. So this morning, that's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at that commandment. So let's just pray for a moment. Lord, I, I pray this familiar commandment, you'll bring it to life in our lives, and you'll bring yourself to life in our lives. To your great glory, Jesus. Amen. So in this passage, if you, if you look it up, I don't know what page it's on. It's Matthew 22, if you haven't got it already. Have a look in your Bible. Has anyone got the page number? Did you hear that? I couldn't hear it. There are about five different ones. Thank you. Very clearly spoken. Anyway, Jesus is replying to a question from a religious teacher, a Sadducee, and he's asked him, Teacher, refer... Talking to Jesus, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Which is the greatest? And so Jesus says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. It's a slight change from strength, but it's basically the same sort of thing. And he says, This is the first and greatest commandment. Now, this morning, I'm going to give you a, a three picture sermon. All right? It's not points, it's pictures, but I hope they'll remind you of the points. Three images, which I hope will sum up my main points. In the sermon, and this is my first image. It's a very environmentally friendly coat hanger. Yes. And it, but if it I hope will be useful to you, if you can imagine, as we love and worship God, it's like the hook. We're, we're hooking on to God's love and worship of Him. Jesus is pointing out that this commandment we're talking about is the one to focus on. This is the one that's the greatest, the most important all the other commandments, you hook on to that love the Lord your God first, all the others hang off off that commandment, a bit like things hang off a hanger. The rest of our lives, what we do at work, everything we are, draw on that commandment. And Jesus says, that's loving our neighbour. The rest of our lives is to be dedicated to loving our neighbour in the kingdom of God. But going back to the woman whose husband's funeral I took, who said she agreed with the Ten Commandments, maybe she balked slightly at the idea of worshipping God. And maybe if we had had time to discuss it further, she might have asked me some questions like they asked Jesus questions. And maybe she might have asked this question if she'd been very honest. But you you might have actually, this might have crossed your mind, but you might have thought, oh, it's a bit sacrilegious, I don't know if I should think that even. The question is about God saying to us, Jesus saying to us, love the Lord your God with your heart, soul, and with all your strength, with all your mind. He's saying we've got to love him. Jesus, the visible image of the invisible God, we've got to love him with all of our being. We've got to love the Father with all of our being. We've got to love the Holy Spirit with all of our being. Now, you might then want to ask a different question from that religious leader. And it's quite a shocking question, maybe, for Christians it is, but I think a lot of people in society are asking it. Or maybe sometimes you as a Christian actually do ask this question, but you don't actually verbalise it. You keep it quiet. And you might want to ask, is God an egomaniac, or in some way full of himself, or weak, or needy, in wanting us to worship him? Why does God ask for our total love and commitment? Does he need to boost his ego or something? And if you're not asking that question, I'm sure others you know are. They're asking that question. Friends, family, work colleagues might be thinking or asking that question. Is God an egomaniac? Or in some way full of himself? Or weak and needy in wanting us to love and worship him? That's the question. So let's think about it. Let's think about it. Now, we don't generally like people who seem to be egotistical, self-centered, and full of themselves. So if God's like that, that doesn't really seem right, does it? And also, we're taught in the Bible not to be like that. Philippians 2, 3, and 4 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests but each of you to the interests of others. That kind of contradicts it. If God's like that, it contra- this contradicts it. But I, I think, firmly do believe, God in calling us to love and worship him is looking out for our interests. He's not acting selfishly, ambitiously or from vanity. And I will, I will talk more about that in a moment. Let's first of all look at that one. Is God weak or needy in wanting us to love and worship him? Is he someone who needs to boost himself up, to bolster himself up, to meet his own needs? Well, if you consider that for a moment, if you, if you believe that God created everything that is, created the universe, the universe is whatever, well, he's powerful, isn't he? He's not weak. He's very powerful. He's created us as well. He, he doesn't need anything. He's self-sufficient. He can do all of that. And Acts 17.25 talks about this. It says, God is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. Everything comes from God. He gives it to us. So, okay, if God's not weak and he's not needy, then how do we explain this focus on us loving him wholeheartedly and worshipping him? Is he an egomaniac? What's the one true God like? Well, last week, Eddie, when he was considering knowing God, Eddie mentioned that God existed before the creation of anything, before there was a vast universe or universes, whatever. Before there was anything, there was God. And we can see from the Bible that God is a a community of love, a relationship of love within himself. God, this community of love is really hard for us to grasp. He's very other to us. He's hard for us to understand. So he became a human being in Jesus. He came and lived among us. Well, he, he was a human being but retained his godly characteristics as well, his godly nature. And he showed us what this invisible God, who it's hard to get our head round, is like. Jesus showed us the invisible God. And this God, who is a community of love, is called in the Bible the Father, at different occasions, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit sharing this absolute love between each other, sharing absolute goodness in their relationship, absolute wonderfulness or greatness or the best possible thing you could ever think of and then you start to run out of words because it's so good, it's beyond our imagining it's wonderful and so my second picture is an attempt to represent this Father, Son and Holy Spirit you've probably seen this picture before it it wants to represent this community of love within God as the theologians call it, the Holy Trinity the three-in-one God Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So love and goodness and peace and justice and holiness are all shared in God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And God existed before the creation of anything. And I believe that what we all want sitting here today, we don't want tensions in Iran. We, we don't want our friends to die. I've been to two funerals this week. We don't want young children to die. We, we don't want there to be friction in relationships. We don't want any of these things. They're, they're awful things that we have to put up with. I believe love, goodness, justice, peace is what we all want deep down in our relationships, in our daily lives at work, in the world generally. That's what we all yearn for, I believe. And so, in fact, in wanting to share love, joy, peace and goodness, we are actually describing what God is like. I keep pointing over there because that's the one I can see. What God is like, up there. We're yearning for the relationship that's within that Godhead, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, the community of love that we see there represented. Well, you can't really represent it, but it attempts to. And God was there before the world was created, experiencing this wonderful relationship between Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Because he's so full of love, he wanted to share it. So he created everything that exists, particularly us human beings, made in his image. Now, I haven't talked about cycling for a while. I feel it's about time I did. And so I want to just briefly share with you that I like to go out on a bike ride, and sometimes I go on my own, and I I quite enjoy that. I go out into the beautiful countryside. It might be a nice sunny day like today. You look at the beautiful scenery, the beautiful countryside, you know, all the birds and all that. It's all wonderful. Get out into that natural world that God's created. And then you come home, and then I want to share it with Jane My wife, when I get home, I want to tell her all the things I've seen. I once took her out in the car just to show her the route I go, just so she could see it. You want to share it, don't you? It's normal. It's because you love someone. You want to share it. And I hope that gives her joy and pleasure. You have to ask her afterwards. (laughs) I said that better this time than last time, Eddie. That little pause made all the difference. I think it must have been a bit like that. When God was enjoying God, so to speak, he was enjoying being God, right? Someone should write a book, Being God. Maybe I don't think I'm up to it, but someone else can do it. But he was enjoying the wonderful relationship between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and he wanted to share that goodness, that love with others. So when he made everything, he created everything so he could share it with us. So we could know that wonderful love that we're trying to represent up there, we could know that too. Even though God's other to us, he's invisible to us, like my bike ride wasn't experienced by Jane, it was invisible to her. Despite God's otherness, he wanted to share his essential nature, peace, love, goodness, justice, with us. He's not needy. He's not an egomaniac. He enjoys being God. He doesn't need us, but he wants to share his goodness with us. And love seems to want to share, doesn't it? And Just so I want to share that beautiful bike ride with Jane. So when Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, he is not being egotistical. He just wants us to focus on the things we all yearn for. We all want deep down, love, joy, peace, goodness, and so on. And the source of all these things is God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God has always been like that. God will always be like that. So in asking us to focus on God, Jesus is asking us to focus on the source of all love and share in it. Celebrate it. God is the best. That's the reality. He's not being egotistical or anything. He's just telling us the truth. God tells the truth. He's just telling us the truth. He's the greatest. That's how it is. Right. My third image is a compass. Now compasses are designed to allow the pointer to which is magnetized to align with the magnetic field of the earth and it always points north. So if you've ever used one, it's great because you can always tell where north is and you can turn your map around to align it so then you can know where to go. It guides you in life and it helps you on your journey. And I believe we're all made in the image of God and we're all in need of reconnecting, reorienting ourselves with our loving creator God like a compass reorients you with a map. Uh, with the direction north so that you can find your way we need help and guidance to walk through life we need that our worship of God orients us that hook worshiping God that everything else hangs on orients us to the reality that God is the greatest and the source of all love and goodness it reorients us and it also helps us and encourages us in our walk through life Now it may be that you're sitting here this morning, you might come to church, you might have been coming for years, I don't know, or it might be your first time. It may be that you don't naturally want to worship God when you all come together in church. It might not come naturally to sing the songs and so on. Or if you'd bought a new car, you might want to naturally share that with others, you know, you'd, you'd be singing its praises, saying, come for a drive in my new car, I'll give you a lift, you know. But when it comes to God, you find it hard. It might not come naturally to pray either, or to read the Bible or make any sense of it. It, it, These things might not come naturally to you. But the great news is God helps us, not only by sending Jesus to show what the invisible God is like, to rescue us from sin and death, which we remember here. We're going to take communion in a moment. But God also sends his Holy Spirit to help us love and worship him, and reorient ourselves to him like a compass reorients us towards north. And John 14, 26, familiar words. Jesus is speaking to his disciples just before he's going to be executed on the cross, and he's going to die. So they won't have him physically with them. He's going to rise, and they won't have him physically with them, as we don't now. And Jesus says to them, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. So Jesus says the Holy Spirit, who's the comforter with us and within us, who will help us, will teach us and help us and remind us of God's words, Jesus' words to us. And I think the Holy Spirit can help us if we don't seem to naturally want to sing, or pray, or worship God, or read our Bibles. I mean, when I first became a Christian, I was helped greatly by the Holy Spirit, who seemed to put words into our mouth sometimes as I prayed. I was saying words I didn't quite understand myself. It's a bit weird. And I praised God with words that didn't come naturally to me before I turned to, uh, before I turned to God and, be- and became a Christian. The Holy Spirit continues to help me, and I know, I'm sure he helps you too. And when I first became a Christian, another thing I found hard was reading the Bible. And after I had quite an uncomfortable period of, of repentance, awareness of sin for a couple of weeks, I went through this. and after that, I, I felt God really come into me strongly in, in the Holy Spirit. and I, I, could, I was reading the Bible voraciously, and I understood a lot of it. It was great. So the Holy Spirit reminded me of Jesus' words and taught me from the Bible so I could understand more. So I experienced what Peter describes in Acts 2.38. He said to the crowd, repent and be baptised every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So if you don't find it easy to do what Jesus says we should do, love and worship the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, then turn to God, whether it may be for the first time today, or the thousand and first time. Turn to God, and like that needle, turn to God, that needle on the compass, turn to God and ask forgiveness for ignoring him and his way of doing things. Ask him to fill you with his Holy Spirit, because yes, you, you can't become a Christian at all without the Holy Spirit, guiding you but we kind of leak and i think we need to keep coming back to him on it and then god father son and holy spirit be able to share share his love and goodness with us and help us to focus on him not only in worship with others in prayer and bible reading but worship in the rest of our lives that loving our neighbor that serving the kingdom of god that hangs off that hanger it all hangs on this commandment Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So as we go into the days ahead, let's focus on loving and worshiping our wonderful, loving, just God. And flowing from that worship, may it show itself in the love we show to our neighbors, tomorrow at work, whatever we're doing this week. If you've never taken that step of turning to Jesus before, of turning to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit before, please do so now. Um, and let me or someone you know, or someone you trust, know afterwards to make it more concrete. And you can do what Peter says, repent and be baptized, he said, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And if you're a Christian, you can take maybe an opportunity when you come to take communion today. Come on, ask God, turn to him and ask him to fill you, prepare you for the week and help you in the week and comfort you in the week with whatever you have to face through the Holy Spirit. Let's just pray for a moment. So Lord, if, we, if we've never turned to you before, Uh, Maybe that that issue about worshipping you seems like we've realised you aren't an egomaniac, that really you are the source of all goodness and love. Lord, we turn to you now. We admit the way we haven't followed you. We admit where we've gone wrong. The ways we let you down and others down. And Lord, fill us with your spirit now. And help us with the help of your Holy Spirit to love and worship you, Lord, above all else. Help us to go into the week aided by your Holy Spirit to show love to our neighbours through Jesus Christ our Lord who died and rose to make all this possible. Amen.